The views and opinions expressed by individuals on the following program do not necessarily reflect those of the network, Guys Guy Radio, and its platforms. It's Guys Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins Guys Guys Radio. We're here to inform you, inspire you, empower you, and get you to think and feel and who knows, maybe even act by virtue of the journeys, stories, experiences, and insights of the guests I bring you each and every week to the show. And today's episode is brought to you by DB. DB is a Scandinavian brand that makes backpacks and bags to help people on the move stay ready for anything, from the streets to the peaks. DB's gear is travel-tested by some of the world's best athletes, adventurers, and creators. Over the past decade, DB has designed and developed, released and refined the best bags in the market. With DB's patented hookup system, you are able to attach smaller products to your backpack, roller, or tote, and you know how important it is to have the right luggage or bag when you're traveling. We're teaming up with DB to exclusively offer our listeners 10% off by Podgo your next purchase by using the code POD10 or going to the link in our show notes. DB, it's time to move on. Time to get going. All right, we've got a great show for you today. We have a guest on the show. He has been the most frequent guest I've had on Guys Guys Radio. His name is Paul Selig. He's a renowned channel and empath. He's an amazing person. He's really a gift to the world by virtue of the channeling he's doing of a, a collective called The Guides who are channeling books through him. He's done nine books. We're going to talk about the kingdom today. It is the final book in the third trilogy of books channeled through Paul by the guides. And it's an amazing book. I read them all. And this to me is the most powerful because if you've tracked along with this and you've been getting these attunements working with the guides, you'll be able to really put it to work now. And it's a, it's a powerful message. It's a loving message. And it's, it's really fantastic. And, you know, I, it's funny how things happen in life. They say that there are no accidents. About 10 years ago, I was uh, living in New York City, as was Paul Selig, and I was walking in a bookstore, and I saw a copy of his book, I Am the Word. We were in a, actually it was a more of a, uh, it was a book, but also a rare, rare stone store on uh, Fifth Avenue around 14th Street. And my wife was looking at some stones, and I picked up this book, I Am the Word, and I was flipping through it, and I said, okay, I'll buy it. And I read it, and I didn't quite grasp it, and unlike in the past, I read it again, and I got it a little bit more, and I actually read this book three times. It's the only book I've read three times in a row, because I felt it was important, and I wanted to get a grip on the message, and I started to get it then. And from there, I attended a few of Paul's workshops. My wife and I attended, and nine months after the workshop, we had our son. <laughs> so, coincidence? Maybe. But we've been working on raising our frequency and our on personal enfoldment for the past 10 years and watching Paul and his career just soar because he's followed by so many people and he does such amazing work. 
And, you know, it's not easy being a channel. It's not easy being Paul Selig. He is sometimes mistaken as a spiritual teacher or leader, and he, he's really not. And these are Paul's words. He is, he is the conduit of bringing this information through from the guides, and it's a great responsibility, and he does an amazing job. And it's, um, it's not easy to, to bear that responsibility of getting these messages out to help people raise their consciousness. So I'm really excited that Paul's on the show. And that, again, this book, The Kingdom, a channel text, book three, Beyond the Known Trilogy, is the ninth book. And as I read, that there's signed up for three more books. So there's another trilogy. How long will this go? How long will the teaching from the guides last? I'm going to guess that three more books, who knows, that could be it. There could be more. But at this point in the teachings, and for all of you who do follow Paul and the guides, if you read the kingdom, you'll see that the guides are now teaching us how to go out there and use what we've learned, use our attunements, learn how to see life through a lens of the upper room, quote unquote, upper room, or a higher frequency where we become, you know, we're not looking at the light at the end of the tunnel. We are becoming the light in the tunnel and becoming way showers. And what we try to do is do positive things and really shine a light on any dark foreboding situation and try not to judge anything and just see spirit in everything. That means everything and choose love over fear. And it's as simple as that. And you might say I'm being sappy and sanctimonious, but this is, this is how I rock. This is how I roll. This is how I'm living. And these, this is what's important to me now. And any information I can bring you guys out there that has to do with things you can do to work on yourself inside and outside I think it's important, and we're here to help each other. And this is, you know, I learned this after a long career in advertising that I wanted to do this work and really impact a lot of people by sharing a lot of stories, insights from experts in different areas from all walks of life. And one of the most important ones, and he has, again, been on my show more than anybody else, probably about six or seven times, is Paul Selig. And we're going to get into his... Uh, book, The Kingdom, and a lot more. And I think what we should do is, like, let's get going right now because this is a fantastic interview. There's never been a better time for men to be whoever they want to be, yet it's never been less clear who men really are. Guys Guy Radio, starring author Robert Manny, is on KCAA every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Whether it's relationships, sex, wellness, or spirituality, join Robert as he interviews the experts about how men and women can be at their best. Guys Guy Radio, better men, better world. It's Guys Guy Radio. Okay. Guys Guys Radio, it's the interview portion of the show, my favorite part, and I've got one of my favorite guests. In fact, he's the, my most frequent guest to Guys Guys Radio, Paul Selig. Let me tell you a little bit about what's going on and about Paul. Uh, when one aligns to the kingdom, one becomes a portal or a doorway to the divine or the higher octave of consciousness that's available to all of us beyond our ordinary perception. In Paul Selig's new book, The Kingdom, which comes out in August. It's the final installment of the Beyond Known trilogy. Paul Selig's guides take us to new territory, moving beyond a belief in separation to the kingdom, where, which they describe as the awareness of the creator in all manifestation. Through a series of lectures and energetic attunements, the guides lift the reader to a level of awareness where all things may be reseen, 
renowned and reclaimed as of source. And I can tell you from personal experience of reading this book, it is amazing. It's the most powerful book out of the nine the guys have channeled through Paul. Let me tell you a little bit about Paul. He's considered one of the most foremost spiritual channels working today in his nine breakthrough works of channel literature that began with I Am the Word, leading to the kingdom. Paul is an author and medium. He's recorded an extraordinary program for personal and planetary evolution as humankind awakens to its own divine nature. Born in New York, masters from Yale, spiritual experience in 1987 left him a clairvoyant. He's also an empath. He works as a medium for a li living. He's just an amazing person. And uh, I'm so proud and uh, fortunate that I've got to know him over the years. And uh, he's doing terrific work. You've seen him all over TV, ABC News, Fox, uh, Gaia, Beyond Relief. And he's just a terrific guy. So welcome back to Guys Guys Radio, Paul Selig. Thanks, Robert, for having me. Glad to be here. Okay. Uh, let's start right at the beginning. The Kingdom, the new <clears throat> book, it's your ninth book in the final in a third trilogy channeled by the guides. Has your overall experience working with the guides changed over the past decade and also within the process of creating the books? I mean, yes and no. You know, I the first book that was channeled through me, which was about 11 years ago now, it was called I Am The Word. Um, I didn't know it was going to happen until two days before it did. And even then, I, it was an experiment. They said, we have a book to write, and if you take two weeks, we'll do it. And I sat there for the sessions and recorded them diligently and wasn't really clear that they really had delivered a book until everything was typed up. And then I saw the manuscript, which was coherent. Um, the difference is they've done nine books now, you know, and every process is the same. I think that they've gotten better at dictating books through me. I think that they're more aware of how to speak a sentence that will read on the page as if it's been written because the books are all spoken and then transcribed. There's really no writing at all and there's no editing. We don't edit any of this. This is the maybe three words in any manuscript might be changed because I mispronounced them or you could hear like I added an S to a word that shouldn't have been pluralized. You know, my my gaffes, you know, as the one taking the dictation, but you know, the, the books are extraordinarily coherent. And when you pick them up, it's really hard to know that these were spoken into being. So I think that they've become more adept at working through me. And I still have the same kind of resistance each time, which is, oh, my God, they're doing a book. Oh, my God, nothing's going to get changed. Oh, my God, what happens if I mishear or they say something that I just cannot get behind and you know, how, and then it just happens. You know, they started a new book actually last week, um, the the 10th book they, they began, you know, and they did a good 30 pages over the course of a five-day, you know, online workshop before, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people. And um, I was very aware as they were delivering the text that it was a book because of how precise they were and how careful they were with me and with their word choices. Um, the lectures for books feel extraordinarily woven. It's almost as if they'd prepared in advance and now they're just going to speak what they had prepared through me. Um, you know, and the exceptions being that I interrupt periodically and then they have to address my, my concerns. Um, and I suppose I trust it more. And I think it's also become oddly more ordinary to me 
after all this time, whereas when this first started, it was extraordinary, and I didn't expect it, and I didn't even believe it. And I don't think I really believed it until the book was out. And I went, oh, my God, they really did channel a book through me, and here we go. And it's been off and running ever since. Now that they have a vehicle for their work, they don't really seem all that inclined to stop. So they've delivered about a book a year, I think, you know, ever since. Amazing. And a new one coming. Uh, Let me talk about just a theory I have about the three sets of the three trilogies, Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe for context. The the first trilogy to me seemed to focus on removing obstacles that are entrenched in and from our history as what we have been collectively taught as real kind of lower chakra issues, how we interact with each other socially, tribally, nationally, what is possible to create through our personal will kind of setting all those issues in context. To me, the second trilogy we're reminded that all is history, so we begin to remove the os- obstacles and the guides help us um, see the truth or the divine in all things. And as a result, we learn about a new kind of love through a more spiritual lens, if you will. And then I found the third group introduces us to the upper room, but mm-hmm. also shows us how we can get and need to exist both in our 3D world and in the upper room while we walk the earth plane. So we're instructed and attuned how to use our spiritual heart center to experience the monad Christ energy. Am I on the right track there? We're almost moving up the chakras. Yeah, I well, I've never thought of it that way. It makes perfect sense as you describe it. I don't disagree with your assessments of the movement of each trilogy. Um, and I, you know, sort of began to understand that the preparation for the upper room, you know, which is the level of consciousness that they say that they teach from the preparation for that was the first six books and the second the last three books you know culminating in the kingdom were really about aligning to that level of consciousness and a vibration you know and now they're speaking about the process of embodiment there which is where this next group of books seems to go towards towards this idea of real manifestation um so i i've never thought of it in terms of the chakras but it actually you know, kind of makes sense. You know, I don't read other channel stuff, almost none of it. Um, And I read half a Seth book when I was a grad student and thought it was amazing and and think that was Jane Roberts was certainly the real deal. But I've read very, very little since. But I did read a lecture from Edgar Cayce about the book of Revelations years ago when he said that the opening of the seven seals and the book of Revelations was metaphor for the opening of the chakras and that the seven chakras had to be opened and cleared, beginning from the lower up to the higher in order for, you know, consciousness to ascend. So that would align very well with what you're saying and wouldn't surprise me if that was the movement of the books, although I've never thought of them that way. I was just wondering if there was some type of curriculum in mind that the guides had when they began to began to channel through you, uh, because it seems like, you know, you're from an educational background. They seem to mm-hmm. have a plan in place, and now they're taking yeah. us to with uh, this particular book, The Kingdom, there's a, mm. lot of, uh, there's a lot of alchemy taking place and teaching people, listen, this is how you can really use this. And mm. um, I think uh, people might get a little bit confused in there, and I'm gonna get to that, but let's start at the beginning with The Kingdom. For mm. the benefit of our listeners, what is The Kingdom and how does one get there? Well, the guides say The Kingdom is the realization of the presence of the inherent divine in all manifestation. 
they say, you know, there is one note played in the entire universe that is an articulation or manifestation as all things. They say everything that we see is in vibration and tone and that we operate in an octave or a scale. The reality that we know of is they describe as an octave. And the kingdom, they say, is the octave above or is the one above the one that we've been knowing ourselves through. So the process that they're taking us through is a process that they call, you know, transposition or rearticulation from the lower to the higher. They say that any piece of music can be resung or transposed into a higher key. And that's really the process that they're taking us through in these books. Um, so that we can align in vibrational accord to this higher level of consciousness. And there, what we begin to exp experience is the inherent divine, because the guides say, you know, God sees God in all things. And what precludes us from this level of witness or awareness is our own belief in separation, which we've been taught and, you know, most religions would, you know, confirm or talk about in one way or another, um, and that, you know, moving to the upper room is moving beyond separation to a level of, of union and awareness of, of what is always true. And they say, you know, God is always true. Whatever you want God, to, whatever you want to call it, they would say that perhaps that's, you know, the vibration that informs all manifestation, you know, what makes the tree the tree, what makes you you, what makes the sea the sea, all that stuff seems loud and clear that uh, one of the messages that comes through to your point, Paul, is that the denial of the divine is the only is the problem that humanity yeah. faces. And it seems to be occur across everything where there's a, a convenience mm -hmm. aspect in terms of how most people see the world, where we want it to be the way we want it to be. We might want to be in the upper room, but we want to be there when it's convenient. What are your uh, can you elaborate on that? Well, the guides say, you know, God is all things and including the things that we can't stand and dislike because you, you can't sort of get to cherry pick where God is. But they say that we have chosen to know ourselves through what they say is the denial of the divine. They say very simply what you put in darkness or what you exclude from the divine calls you to that darkness. And that becomes one's level of alignment or vibrational accord. So that's how they teach it. What was the question again, please? There seems to be a selectivity in how, how people see things. So when we're, yeah. we like to be in the upper room, but we like to be in the upper room when it's convenient. Yeah, well, that's the whole problem. You know, we think this is supposed to be about what we want and when we want it and how we want it. It's like, I want to go to the party when only, where only the people that I like or agree with politically are invited, you know, and that's what we choose. Now, we can choose that and have that experience, but we're also excluding a whole lot. So the guides say, you know, what brings us back down from the upper room or that level of consciousness most likely is fear. And, you know, judgment, they say, is fear. What, you, what you're in judgment of is what you're frightened of. So we have choices here. But I agree it's convenient to do it the old way. I struggle with this quite often. Um, do I believe it's possible to live there all the time? The guides say that it is. Am I there yet? No. But, you know, I'm the channel for the work and I'm a student of the work. I'm not a spiritual teacher and I'm certainly not a guru or someone who considers himself to be enlightened. 
But I think that for most people, spirituality has become a kind of convenience. And really, it's about how you live your life, how you treat other people, you know, what your relationship with whatever you want to call God is. That's really the definition of it. I read for people sometimes and they say, well, I have a great spiritual life, but, you know, my work life is very, very different. And as long as you're deciding that your your spiritual life is excluded from your work and you can be a barracuda at work and loving the rest of the time, there's probably going to be a problem in your experience, you know, because it's how you show up is your spiritual life. It's how you show up to this world. So I don't know if I've answered your question. Yes, yes you have. Paul Selig, my special guest on Guys Guys Radio. The upper room, just for the benefit of our listeners, maybe if you could articulate what is the upper room. It seems to be a place where, different than the 3D world, where we're, we're in a, a mindset of, I do this, I get that. I do this, I get that. I do this, I get that. And then there's karma. I'm bad, so I get punished. Mm -hmm. In the upper room, it doesn't seem like any of that necessarily exists. So what's the question? What is the upper room? What is the upper room? Yes. The upper room, as I understand it, is the level of consciousness or the octave above the one that we've been sort of moored in or entrenched in. Um, so it's a, it's Christ consciousness. That's how they describe it most simply. And I think when they talk about Christ consciousness, they're talking about a level of alignment or a level of realization. But I understand from what they've taught is that the upper room is again an octave comprised of low notes and high notes. There's a scale there as well. So entering the upper room doesn't mean that you sort of, you know, arrived, you know, there's more there, but that that becomes sort of the gateway or the entryway for what they call the kingdom, which is this higher level of awareness. And you can get to it from there. You can get to that place from there. You can't really get to it if I'm understanding what they teach, you know, from the old way of operating. So the upper room, the guys say that there's an aspect of all of us, they call it the monad, sometimes they'll call it the Christ or the true self, that's always present and knows who it is, what it is, and how it serves. It's always there. They would say, I believe, that this aspect of you already exists in what they call the upper room. And what they're doing is they're bringing all of us with it. So once you begin to align to this level of vibration or consciousness, it's the divine self that sort of rearticulates as you. It's less something that the small self or personality self undertakes. It's a process that's somewhat alchemical that the true self or divine self participates in and supports which is supporting its own realization so that it can be realized as and through you. You know, in a workshop many years ago, the guy, somebody said, oh, this means like we're, we become Christ. And the guide said, no, you don't become Christ. The Christ becomes you. You're opening to, to a realization of that level of consciousness. It's not the deification of the personality structure. It's a realization of who one is in participation to a much higher awareness. So, you know, the kingdom is where this is realized fully. And I believe that the upper room is where people, where we can go to really begin this process of what they would call rearticulation. Okay. In, in, in the upper room, um, there is a series of attunements to get there. Why don't we talk about attunements a little bit? Because in this book, there is more attunements than I think in any of the other books combined. 
and they're combinations of some affirmations. I just use that word in quotes. Um, there, I wrote pages and pages of these attunements to, and a lot of them together as to, okay, how do I use this one? How do we use that one? Uh, I'll give you a few. It will be so. God is, God is, God is. Behold, I make all things new. Before I had, I know who I am in truth. I know what I am in truth. I know how I serve in truth. I have come, I have come, I have come, or I am here, I am here, I'm here. When I see somebody hurting on the street, I'll say, I, I recognize them in, in that way, uh, but it gets confusing. I got a little bit confused in this book because there's so many of them. I'm like, am I putting these together the right way? How do I use this affirmation and this attunement versus another one? Could you elaborate, help me out? I don't know that I can. I mean, I'm not the author of this thing. I'm the channel. You know? <laughs> I really am. I didn't write the book. I mean, I sat there in a chair and I took the dictation. Now, these are the attunements that I understand that, that happen in the upper room. So the arrival to the upper room and the announcement of being in the upper room, which is I have come, I have come, come, I have come, which they say is sort of what catalyzes this whole process of, of, of alchemy. Um, then they have said, Behold, I make all things new, which is the reclamation of the inherent divine in manifestation. The aspect of self or the true self that can claim that is basically witnessing what it is already in alignment to. So it's not Robert saying, well, I think I'm going to make this new. I think I'm going to make that new. It's the divine self expressing as you in its own witness that claims things new. And what that means is, behold, I make all things new, is that you're realizing what is before you as of God, which is basically a form of blessing. But the manifestation of this, which they say is an alchemical act, is that the level of vibration that you hold from the upper room claims what it encounters or reclaims what it encounters in its true nature, which is of God. The claim, it will be so, which is the one that I'm trying to understand still. In other words, it probably means it is so, but it will be so, they say, is the process of translation from one state to another. It's the confirmation of the translation. It will be so. It is done at this level. The claim, God is, God is, God is, which is the penultimate claim from what I can understand, is the confirmation of the divine where it has been denied. And the claim, God is, God is, God is, they say is the antidote to separation. Um, because what we have put in separation is what needs to be reclaimed. So when you're, when you're claiming God is, God is, God is, you're not trying to fix something. You're not even efforting. You're actually claiming what is already true. All of the attunements that the guides have offered, if I'm to understand it correctly, are what they would call claims of truth. What is true is always true. So at the level of the true self, the claim, I know who I am, I know what I am, I know how I serve, is always true because the true self does. Then there's the claim, I am free, I am free, I am free, which they say is what will bring you to the upper room because you're sort of unbinding yourself from the ideas of cultural dictates and norms and, you know, fear as the operative, the operative basis for decision making. You're releasing the need for that fear. 
The upper room, they say, is a place where fear does not express. Fear is a low vibration. It doesn't express in the upper room. So you go to the upper room, and you, the first thing people say when, when they're brought there, and in workshops, the guides are often bringing you know, hundreds of people there at a time. And what people have said is there's no fear there. You don't feel it. You don't experience it. And the guide said, well, you can if you want to, but you have to go back downstairs, which is the level where fear exists. And then you'll be invited to do it. And that's always a choice. And you can learn through fear if you want to. They say it's just not the greatest teacher there is. But we've been taught to believe that fear is our companion and our safety. They say it's why we build nuclear bombs, which can kill or kill everyone and based in fear. Well, the bomb will keep us safe. It's ridiculous. So, um, you know, my understanding of the attunements is, is that they're all palpable. The three in the kingdom, they seem to be used independently and together. And that's the best I can tell you or best I can explain it. Okay. Um, one of the great things about this book is if you've tracked along with it and read the other books and attended uh, the series of workshops is that you're attuned now and you're in the upper room. So you might, if they, they tell you, you know, you can go back down if you want to deal with something or if you have some fear or whatever, but here you are, you're attuned to the upper room. So that brings up a topic that I think is on the tip of everybody's tongue and that is manifestation. Now, if you're in the upper room and everything is renowned and everything is God and God is everything. So you can take the rules and including uh, linear time and kind of toss them out the window. And I think what happens is, that may be confusing is people are used to attempting manifestation or getting frustrated by it because you do this and you get that or say, I want something, I feel it's already there. And, and, and it's not happening. So let me mm -hmm. give you an example. Somebody goes on an interview. They really want to get this job. They go to the interview and they want to ask for it, but they're afraid of asking for it because they don't want to be controlling the outcome. So mm -hmm. how can somebody ask for that um, without putting themselves in a position where they're working against themselves by one, trying to be controlling and two, trying to maybe get something that's not right for them. Should they be saying something like, um, spirit, please help me fulfill my life's purpose instead of I want that job? I don't know. And I don't know if the guy, this is really the guides teaching either. There's a lot of people that are teaching manifestation. The guides are speaking to it, but they're speaking to it somewhat differently. They said from this place of being in the upper room, we move to a level of receptivity where we become receptive to our good. And I think what that means, if I'm, I may be wrong, is that we're moving to a new understanding of source as supply, which is that our needs are being met and taken care of. And in fact, I hear before we ask. So we're stopping, we're no longer having to tell God, this is what you should do for me and this is how it should be done. We're aligned to a place of receptivity where things just begin to happen. And that's been my experience with this, which has been remarkable. Um, more so in my life in the last year, which is when the book was dictated, than I've ever had ever happen in my life. Now, I don't think that that means that perhaps we're not asking for things. I can say I'd really like to have this job. Um, you know, if, if it's for my highest good, let this be so. You know, I think, you see, the guides would say we can learn through anything. You know, if you want to learn through 
you know, deciding what you should experience. I'm going to have this experience of being a lion tamer or an adulterer or a millionaire. Who cares? You know, I mean, we're in a manifest world. All of these things can be chosen and learned from. We live in a culture, and this is really the problem, that tells us what we should want and what we should have to be who we think we're supposed to be. And most of the time, people are making these decisions about manifestation, they're actually reinforcing their idea of who they think they're supposed to be. I'm supposed to be skinnier, have a full head of hair, a great partner, all these things. I have a long list of shoulds, you know, but the funny thing is right now, I'm living a life that I could not have predicted ever, you know, and I don't care at this moment, at least, that I don't have the hair on my head and I have the extra weight. It's crazy. The guides used to say in workshops, you know, there's nothing wrong with a house on the hills. Somebody gets to live there. But why do you want it? If you want it to be the envy of your neighbors, you're creating in fear. I can't tell you how many attorneys I have read for over the years that are saying, you know, that really wish they'd been a bartender. Truthfully. <laughs> I read for some guy. He was a lovely man, was unhappy, a wealthy, successful lawyer, wasn't happy. And I said, I tuned in. I said, you're not going to want to hear this, but I see you tending bar. And he said, the happiest summer of my life was when I tended bar when I was when I got out of school. So this might have been a very happy bartender and a very unhappy lawyer, but you know, it's a hard thing to give up, to give up the bucks and to give up the, the standing in the community and all these things we're supposed to aspire to. I am not living the life that I thought I was supposed to live by any stretch of the imagination. It's actually better, truthfully, than I would have chosen for myself. And I'm very grateful for that. And was I party to those decisions? Of course. But in my case, they sort of happened and were made inevitable. They weren't on my checklist, you know. I do live in a little house on a hill that's just lovely. Um, and there's nothing wrong with living here. But it's, you know, it's what's right for me now. It's what happened in its own kind of wonderful, crazy irony. You know, this is what happened. Who knew? So it sounds like let go and let God is a pretty good a way to be. A lot of that. It's a, don't, cool. it's a lot of that. Yeah. yeah. Don't shackle yourself. Just if you get an interview for a great job, have the interview and keep going and say thank you. Right? Pretty much. It's that simple, really. Okay. You touched on fear, and it seems like so much of the problems of uh, humanity that we're dealing with right now, and you described like nobody's good enough, and I understand that coming from the world of advertising, because that's how we made our money, um, is, is uh, fear is... Uh, seems like the dial has been turned up on fear in the last uh, decade or so, and particularly lately with uh, COVID, et cetera. Um, what can uh, our listeners do to manage fear? Well, the guides say that the action of fear is to claim more fear, and every choice you make in fear will get you more of the same. But I want to make a distinction here that I think is an important one, because the guides also you know, say that it's wise to be prudent and prudence isn't fear. Prudence is if I want to go ice skating and there's a sign in the pond saying thin ice, skate at your own risk, probably maybe it's not the best time to go out on the ice. You know, that's not a fear-based choice. I just don't want to freeze and get wet and drown. You know, I don't have to. That's prudence. 
So I think that that's about taking in, you know, with an awareness of choice. But if you look at your own life and you look at every choice you've made because you were afraid, more than likely you'll see that more fear came about. The guides have said this. They said actually in a workshop last week for the the tenth book, and I don't know that I've ever heard them say this before. But they talked about fear essentially being kind of stupid, and that fear does not grow more wise. Fear replicates itself much like cancer does. It just seeks to feed, you know, and seeks to consume what it can. And that's why it can't align to the upper room. It doesn't ascend in consciousness. It just operates at the level that it is. So we can ascend in consciousness to a level where we're no longer sort of shaking hands with it. The guides say, you know, what you shake hands with, you are in relationship to or vibrational accord with. What you're in vibrational accord with becomes your reality. And so stop shaking hands with it. Stop agreeing to it. Shaking hands is agreement and confirmation. Thank you for that. Um, the guides seem to, seem to indicate in the book, the latest book particularly, that things are going to be kind of flipped upside down. But because in the upper room and in, in, uh, in, in the next dimension, if you will, time isn't linear. It's not like today and then tomorrow. Everything's kind of happening at the same time. It, it also seems to indicate that that doesn't mean like snap, the whole world's going to crack open. What What is your sense coming from the guys as to what people are uh, going to be seeing over the next year or so? Well, let me put even the time frame away. What's What's on the docket for humanity, according to what you're getting from the guides? I'm a lot of people make, out there are afraid. I'm not going to make predictions on this. I mean, the guides supposedly did predict all the stuff that we're going through on a radio interview where the host kept saying, well, what do your guides say? What's the, what's the big event that's happening? And I think they came out and they said it. I never heard that interview. Somebody I was reported to me. I don't know that they mentioned COVID, but basically they said everything that you've known is about to get turned on its head. And all I said to the guides after that was, just please let me be someplace pretty and outside of New York City when it happens. And I ended up, I got what I asked for this time. Um, what the guides said in the very first book, which was in 2009, they said humanity is at a time of reckoning. And the reckoning is a facing of oneself and all of one's creations. And everything that's been created in fear will have to be recreated in a higher way. And some things that are created in fear are greed, you know, misuse of power, all of these things that we're beginning to see come up in very sort of explicit ways. In the Book of Truth, which was channeled before two presidentials, two presidents ago, that's right before that election, they dictated Book of Truth. And they said, what's about to happen is that everything that has been buried is about to come up to the surface. And that's five months ago, 5,000 years ago. You know, and the reason for this is nothing gets healed until it is seen. You don't get to heal something by pretending it never happened. You know, this country doesn't get to heal by pretending slavery was okay. You know, it doesn't work that way. They say if you bury a body in the basement, it's going to stink up the whole house eventually. And so we're in a process now of exhumation, none of which is terribly fun. 
And that's where we've been, I suspect, and where we go next. I hear we're going towards reconciliation. And that's what has to happen in order for us to survive, really, as a species. We really have choices to make because the denial of the divine in one's brother, one's countrymen, those people over there in the next country, those people that we want to blame for or all our ills, all that does is reinforce the denial of the divine. You know, I'm, that's my sense. So I will leave it there. Okay. Um, one of the things I loved about the book uh, and the teachings of the guides is that they said, it's not about there's a light at the end of the tunnel. We are the light mm -hmm. that's lighting up the tunnel. And yeah. it, it gives people, there is a responsibility that we have, but it's a very beautiful thing that because of our light, individual light of people who are up in the upper room and just the recognition of everybody being mm -hmm. part of the divine, that we can impact positive, positive impact on so many people worldwide just by being ourselves and being attuned and being in the upper room as much as possible. Is that so? Yes. I mean, they say this is a teaching of being. You become the light. You become the true self. And, the, the you know, you become, as they say, the portal between the two realities. So your very presence at this level of vibration is serving to uplift what you encounter. And if you're called to act, by all means act. You know, I was just saying to somebody this morning, you know, we've been taught that we are our brother's keeper. We just don't want to do that because it's convenient. And then, you know, some of this new age crap that I hear, well, they created it, so it's their problem. That's a bunch of crap, too, truthfully. You know what I mean? That's selfishness. So, yeah, we are accountable to our own choices, but we're also in agreement to a world. And how we bring focus and attention to this world can support great change and great hopeful change. I believe this, you know, but, you know, we've got to wake up a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm in the process of waking up. I'm certainly not there yet. I'm better than I was, though, I have to say. <laughs> Okay, just a question or two, Paul. It's been yeah. fantastic. Paul Selig, my special guest on Guys Guys Radio. This, the Kingdom is the final book in the third trilogy that's been channeled through you. I read that the guides are beginning a, another book now, which yeah. you mentioned, and I'm going to guess it'll focus on how we now manage our spiritual powers, our true nature, and begin to truly perform miracles. Um, because in, in the kingdom, they are really teaching you that because uh, everything is happening at the same time and the vibration is different, things that you, the typical laws don't apply. Yeah. Sure, anything can happen. And it doesn't have to be in the usual time frame of yeah. I do this and I get that. So I would think that this is going to be a continuation that people who read these books and become attuned, they will be able to make magnificent changes for the better. Is that true? I don't know. I hope so. You know, I, I remember them talking about that in the kingdom. But, you know, they didn't tell me the title of the newest book until they delivered it in front of people. You know, all I did was agree that there would be more with the guides and then the publisher. And so I knew that it would happen. Um, but I don't know what they're going to talk about until they say it. And I don't get a working outline of the book. The books are literally, I don't know what the chapters are until they say, this is the end of chapter right. one. And we will call it such and such. So the title of the next book is Resurrection. And so far, what they're talking about is the manifestation of the divine as form in all things, 
in a way that is much more explicit and um, demonstrable, I think, than intellectual. They say they're pretty much done with teaching to the intellect. You know, that's been necessary, but what they're teaching now is through the experience of the reader and offering the experience, you know, that is required for them to have it. Okay, the name of the book is The Kingdom of Channel Text, book three, the Beyond the Known Trilogy. I can tell you for a fact, I've read this book. I just have a few pages left. It is amazing. It's the most powerful book out of the nine. And you will feel, you will believe that you are in the upper room and that you can really have a positive impact about upon humanity and about life and about on yourself. And it's really, really a beacon of light and love. So thank you so much, Paul, for channeling this book. Where can everybody find out more about your uh, lectures, your series, and uh, other events? My website, which is my name, it's Paul Selig, P-A-U-L-S-E-L-I-G.com, has everything up there. I lecture most Wednesday nights. I'm doing a five-day intensive once a month online, and I'm starting to do some live events again come October. Okay, Paul Selig, my very special guest on Guys Guys Radio. Thank you, Paul. There's never been a better time for men to be whoever they want to be. Yet it's never been less clear who men really are. Guys Guy Radio, starring author Robert Manny, is on KCAA every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Whether it's relationships, sex, wellness, or spirituality, join Robert as he interviews the experts about how men and women can be at their best. Guys Guy Radio, better men, better world. It's Guys Guy Radio. Okay, an amazing conversation with the one and only Paul Selig. He is uh, a, a way shower in the world and a shining his light uh, by virtue of the guides channeling through him uh, with a lot of workshops and live streams and also these nine books. And it's going to be 10, 11, and 12 coming up. But the new book, once again, is The Kingdom. I believe it is the most powerful of all the books. I got so much out of it and there's a lot of attunements in it. So if you're into your spiritual enfoldment, this is a great place to go. And I think you can read any of his books as one-offs, but if you've been following through and tracking through like I have with the guide's teachings, I've been doing it in order and I read each book. A lot of people uh, take Paul's classes, they listen to the books being actually uh, uh, narrated through Paul, and then it gets transposed into text. But there's lots of different ways to pick up on this. But the bottom line is, what did we learn? The bottom line is, seeing the divinity in everything, seeing spirit in everything. And sometimes it's not easy to do that. And we see something, we say, this is bad, but you still have to shine a light on it because a lot of bad behavior is done out of fear. And another uh, key learning is as we raise our frequency, we learn to kind of drop our fear, if you will. And there was four uh, kind of affirmations in this book that, uh, you know, with each series of books, there's there's a lot of different... Um, affirmational phrases that we can say to ourselves and say out loud throughout the day to help lock in that entombment. And here there's four. There's, and we talked about them in the interview, but once again, it will be so. Behold, I make all things new. God is, God is, God is, and I am in the upper room. And if you put those to work, uh, you'll see a difference. In my opinion, you'll, you'll feel it. And uh, life can become 
anything you wanted to once you get into that upper room and work out of a more higher vibrational frequency. And uh, it's, it's really special. And I urge anyone who is on a path of spiritual enfoldment to check out Paul Selig and his books that are channeled by the guides. Okay, Guys Guys Radio, we're here every Wednesday evening on KCAA Radio here in Southern California, 102.3, 106.5 FM, 1050 AM. The podcast on my YouTube post every Thursday worldwide. Um, you can also check me out on social media. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, and uh, try to post daily. And also you can go to my website, robertmanny, M-A-N-N-I.com. We've got over 300 blog posts about life, love, the pursuit of happiness, all kinds of things. It's all free. All the content's free. And you can also download three free chapters of my novel, which is really the uh, foundation, the source material for everything Guy's Guide. And it's called The Guy's Guide Guide to Love. And it's kind of a male sex in the city. That's what it's been called. And people have a lot of fun with it because there's savvy women and flawed men and love, sex, power, redemption. And it's about two guys in advertising in New York City, and they're on a path of uh, uh, learning, if you will, and humanity and friendship. And I think you'll enjoy it because there's not a lot of books like it, and that's what most of the folks say who've taken a look at it. But you, anyhow, you can download three free chapters. I would also ask you if you enjoy the show uh, and you enjoy my YouTube, which you just use my name, Robert Manny. We call it Guys Guys TV, but all of our interviews are on YouTube. We don't have the opening and the closing of the show there, but just the interviews there. Uh, and just use my name. That's my channel, Robert Manny. And I would ask you, if you want to support the show, is subscribe. Subscribe on Apple for the podcast. Subscribe on YouTube for the YouTube. And that would be a big help. Because, uh, you know, I'm here doing a lot of work on my behalf and your behalf and our guests' behalf to just get the messages out there and get the information out there that will help people lead, live their best lives. And like I say over and over again, I don't expect you to take everything uh, verbatim uh, as that every guest says. Some things are going to resonate with you more than others. But I would ask you to just consider it. Say, what if? I wonder if this is true. I wonder if it's worth thinking about something this way. I wonder if I need to look at this from a different angle. And with all the division we have in our country right now about everything, and it almost seems like we're being set up to disagree with each other, whether it's about the election or those candidates or how to handle COVID, and everything seems to be banging heads. And what we try to do on Guys Guys Radio is to bring information out there to bring us together and shine a light and say, hey, we're all, we're all in this together and we can all get through it. And let's not look at confrontation. Let's look at unity and realize that we're all connected. Whether you like it or not, we're all connected because it's just one big energetic universe and we're part of it. And so even though you're an individual, you are sourced from divinity and therefore everybody else is. So we're all connected, and that even means all the other creatures on the planet and the trees and the oceans and the rivers and the streams and the insects and the animals. We're all one. So think about that. If, I, if nothing else gets through on this show, that would be something I would ask you to consider, particularly when we're doing a show with somebody as important as Paul Selleck. So anyhow, Guys Guys Radio, we're going to be back next week. We've got another great guest. He's got an amazing story about past life uh, 
regression. And uh, I think you're really going to enjoy that. But until then, like I always say, thanks so much for listening to Guys Guys Radio. I thank my guests. I thank Chris, my producer. I thank my wonderful audience. Thank you listeners out there. And one more thing. Guys, guys, finish first. There's never been a better time for men to be whoever they want to be. Yet it's never been less clear who men really are. Guys Guy Radio, starring author Robert Manny, is on KCAA every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Whether it's relationships, sex, wellness, or spirituality, join Robert as he interviews the experts about how men and women can be at their best. Guys Guy Radio, better men, better world.